0: and this is a special episode of my podcast the scriptures are real the podcast where we try to look at things that help the scriptures become more real so that we can gain more power from them in these special editions I'm posting videos that I made for my classes at, in order to help them get more out of class than what we could cover in class and I have decided to make them available to you so that you can uh, also get a little bit of extra more beyond what I'd be able to do in the normal podcast. I just want to help people understand Isaiah. So they're very video oriented frequently, not all the time, but frequently. And my apologies to my audio audience, which is my largest audience. But uh, when I made these, I wasn't thinking of audio. I was just thinking of my classes. But I think you'll still get plenty out of them if you're just on audio. And you can always go to the YouTube uh, video if there's one that you felt like, I'd just like to see that part um but and and they're kind of hokey they're just what i do for my classes although the whole podcast is kind of hokey so that's fine i've just done this because i hope it's helpful for you okay just a very short video to talk through a concept that we've mentioned a few times in class but i want to it's important enough and will play a role enough both in, in the class but i hope in your life that uh, it would seem worth making sure we are getting this by having this little video. There is a phrase uh, or a verse at the very beginning of Isaiah 27 that I think is really important uh, and, and helps us create an image that's worth understanding. All right, so what it reads, it, it draws on some imagery, uh, the supreme chaos imagery of the ancient world. Uh, which is that uh, chaos was always uh, embodied or incarnate in some kind of horrific monster, typically a snake, or a sea monster, sea snake, really. Um, so in Egypt, it's Apophis, this giant snake. Uh, for the Israelites and some of their neighbors, it was Leviathan which was uh, pictured as a huge sea snake or serpent, uh, but that was chaos embodied. And so in many ways, it embodies Satan and uh, his trying to undo everything that God has done. That's, that's really what it uh, embodies. And so with that in mind, let's read this verse that I'm sure you've already read by now. But it says, in that day, the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, in that day, the Lord with his sore and great and songs... Uh, I'm having a hard time. In that day, the Lord with his sore and great and strong sword shall punish Leviathan, the piercing serpent, even Leviathan, that crooked serpent, and he shall slay the dragon that is in the sea. Now, this idea of, of, uh, remember, this is Jehovah, who is also Jesus. And this idea of a savior with a sword can be disconcerting to us but it draws on i've mentioned a few times the idea of of jehovah as a divine warrior this is imagery that we get all over the scriptures uh old testament book of mormon doctrine and covenants a ton uh, where the lord in several sections repetitively makes the point that he is the lord of hosts or the lord of armies Uh, That's the name that he gives himself as often. I I should do some numbers on this, but I think it it might be the most common name he gives himself in the Doctrine and Covenants. And he emphasizes in many cases the fact that he is the Lord of armies. He will bring armies to deliver his people by destroying destroying those that oppress them. So we have this again. In that day, the Lord with his soaring and great and strong sword right? This is not just Jehovah kind of with a sword. This is Jehovah with a sword, right? He is serious about slaying the dragon, about destroying Leviathan. He is a man of war the way that it's described frequently. And I I think I've said before, but we need to let him, we try and create an image of the savior that we want rather than letting him present himself the way that he is. Uh, or the way that he wants to present himself, both in the New Testament and the Old Testament. We ignore things in the New Testament where he talks about uh, coming to bring a sword uh, and and where he's quite quant- confrontational. We just talk about how he's nice and warm and fuzzy, which is not how he presents himself even in the New Testament. But when you look at the totality of scriptures um, in the Doctrine and Covenants um, in the Old Testament and the Book of Mormon, where he talks about um, destroying people and so on, uh, it's clear this is a man of war. Uh, and, and that may seem kind of alarming to us. But in the end, if we will accept it, if we will accept the way he presents himself to us, it is more comforting than, uh, than not having that. Let me tell you a little bit of why. Let's go back two chapters to chapter 25 and read a little bit. In chapter 25, verse 8, it says, he will swallow up death in victory. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces, and the rebuke of his people shall he take away from off all the earth, for the Lord hath spoken it. So think of that. The image we're getting is that the Savior has a sword in one arm, and or in one hand, and he has a hanky to dry our tears, to wipe away our tears in the other. But the reason he can wipe away our tears is because he is the victorious divine warrior and he is the one who conquers our oppressors. He will conquer death and hell for us as our greatest oppressors, right? That's what this is about. Death will be conquered um, and he will thus be able to wipe away our tears. He will conquer the oppression of anxiety or depression or addiction, pornography, um, abuse, Uh, all of these things, whatever is your enemy, it should be of great comfort to you that the Savior has a great, a sore and a strong sword, because that allows him with one hand to conquer your enemy and with the other to reach out and wipe away your tears that you have felt by being oppressed from all of these things. And in the end, what that allows us is the next verse. And it shall be said in that day, lo, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. That will be the case for all of us. If we will but believe that he will fight our enemies and that he will conquer them, that gives him the ability to wipe away our tears and then because we have waited for him that's what our God is like our God is a God who conquers for us and then we wait for him and he wipes away our tears and we will be glad and rejoice in his salvation his salvation from every kind of oppression that you will ever have because he has a sword in one hand and a hanky in the other